Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message starts off our brand new series with Pastor Omar Lopez on choices. Enjoy this message. Came to the house of the Lord. We're glad to see every one of you. We welcome those that are watching online as well. And we're, we're starting a new series this morning, and it's called Choices. How many, how many know we live in a life with a lot of choices, right? In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say you're in the right place? at the right time right now okay you're jumping ahead of me already all right that's okay it's all right because i already know this thank you thank you uh, but today i want to talk about the power of the choices that we make and i believe that these messages are going to help you uh going to help all of us because we have so many choices that we make every day and we have to realize the choices that we make today, the decisions that we make, determine our destiny and will determine our future and will determine the quality of our lives. In other words, we make a decision or we make a choice and then that decision makes us. And although we have good intentions when we make decisions, lots of times we make the wrong decisions or we make the wrong choice. And sometimes the choices can be very simple. Sometimes they can be a little bit more complicated. And let's just be honest. Sometimes we're not very good at making good decisions. In fact, a lot of us in here, we've made some pretty bad decisions in life. And we're even paying the price today. And we want God to help us. So this morning, I want to talk about choices and choices that we make. And I believe the Lord will help us in this. And I really want you to pay attention to what I'm saying this morning because I think it could really help you not only in your spiritual life but in your relationships in your community at work and uh, decisions that you make with people it could really help you in a lot of places when you have to make choices every day but I believe the first choice is to put God first how many believe that today so I'm going to read you a scripture it's not really my text but I believe it applies it's the best way I could say it and in and, 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 and this particular verse of scripture, Joshua chapter 24, verse number 15. And I love this verse of scripture, kind of been my theme for my life. And it says this, if it's displeasing to you to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. If, you should, if it should be the God your father served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorite, uh, the Amorite's land where you are now living, Yet as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so I want to pray today as we get into this message today. Ask the Lord to help us. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for truth. Truth sets us free, God. It liberates us. And so God, open our hearts today. So many choices that we have to make every day in our relationships with people at work with our family so many things spiritual choices we have to make and so i pray that you'll give us wisdom you'll give us discernment uh, you'll open our hearts this morning god remove every distraction help us to give you our 100 percent undivided attention i pray for the anointing of god as i declare your word in jesus name and everyone said amen So let me ask you a question. What do you think the difference is between people that are really fulfilled in life 
and people that are not. And what I mean by that is people that are fulfilled in life that are basically, they have great loving relationships, they got a great loving family, uh, they're fulfilled in life through ministry, through serving, uh, even have some degree of sound, they're sound financially, they know how to budget their money, they also know how to be generous. What do you think the difference is when you, when I ask you that question, what is the difference between those people and the rest of the world? And what I mean by that, there could be people that you're, you're struggling uh, relationally, you're struggling uh, even holding your marriage together, you're struggling in your relationship with your children, you're struggling financially perhaps, maybe uh, struggling uh, to give and to be generous, and you're wondering, man, what, what is it in life that I'm missing? Uh, why do I feel so empty? What's the difference between those people and the rest. And I want to just tell you today, there's a couple of things that it's not. Because many times we think, well, maybe the difference is that I'm just not smart enough. I'm not just intelligent enough. And I'm here to tell you, there's a, it's not the talent. It's not the appearance. Because I know a lot of smart people that are miserable. I know a lot of talented people that are broke. I know a lot of attractive people, and you probably do too. You've seen a lot of movie stars. They can't hold a relationship. And when you look at all that, so it's not relationship or it's not talent. It's not appearance. It's not the, the amount of intelligence that you have. Uh, uh, all of these different things. What is really the difference in these people? And I want to just tell you this. It boils down. Uh, it boils down to the choices that you make every day. It boils down to the choice of whether or not you're going to put God first or not. It boils down really to choices because choices are really, really important in your life. And it's really difficult when we're not making good choices. We're not making good decisions. And all of us can relate to this. You want to eat right. You want to eat healthy. But what do you end up doing? Eating unhealthy, right? You want to spend your money wisely, and what do you end up doing? You end up buying things you can't afford. You end up, you're wanting to say things wisely. You want to speak good words, and what do you end up doing? You shoot from the hip, and you just say, say whatever comes out, right? You want to love people and those that are around you, but you end up not loving those that are around you. And, and really, sometimes we make some really, really dumb choices in life. All of us can relate to that. In fact, they did a study, and they found that we are overwhelmed with choices every day. I couldn't believe this, but I, be, I, I read this and I confirmed that we make around 35,000 choices every day. From the moment you get up to the moment you go to bed. The moment you wake up, what do I eat this morning? What am I going to do? What am I going to wear? What am I going to look at? Do I look at Facebook first, Instagram, TikTok? Do I look at Twitter? How, you know, do I scroll up? Do I scroll down? Do I read the comment? Do I not say a comment? Uh, do I drag this, do that? All this, all these decisions that we're making every day. And believe it or not, they, they, they found that scientifically we can uh, be at a place where, where our decision making muscle or or our decision-making thought, or, or the way we think, could become fatigue. They said it's the decision fatigue, is what they say. Essentially, what happens is that the volume of decisions that we make, or choices that we make, when they begin to increase throughout the day, by the end of the day, we're tired of making good choices. 
And so we, we, go out, we go home and we binge eat. We go home and we do all these different things, right? We, we yell at the wife, yell at the kids, you know, all these different things. That, because we're tired, we're fatigued of making all these choices. And, and finally, you know, even financial choices, all these things begin to get a hold of us. And so many of us are so fatigued in making choices. So how... Do we make good choices? Here's the second thing that happens as well, is the problem is uh, we begin to make wrong choices or we're afraid to make the wrong choice. How many of you have ever been procrastinating? You need to decide and you just, you're just procrastinating. Or you overanalyze. How many have ever overanalyzed something? And you're just kind of like, man, I don't know what to do. Is it the perfect job? Is it the right school? Is it the perfect date? Is this, you know, and all of these things begin to be. And believe it or not, indecision is actually a decision. Not making a choice is actually making a choice not to make a choice, right? And so we struggle, all of us this morning. I want to kind of just lay a little bit of an introduction before I get into the message. Because I'm going to talk about our choices versus temptation. Okay, that's what I'm going to talk about, but I'm going to give you the introduction first. I'm going to tell you all the good stuff first, and then we're going to get right into the nitty-gritty. Is that all right? But, but I want to kind of give you an a, a, a introduction because I only have a few weeks to really teach this. And many of us, believe it or not, when we're making choices, uh, what happens is the mo- emotions overrule logic. And so it's like your common sense goes away because the motion kicks in. Am I right? And we're making emotional decisions. We're making decisions on a whim. Or we spend too much time over and analyzing something and, and we've overanalyzed it and we don't make a decision at all. Or we overanalyze these things. Uh, how many have ever done this? I've done this. My wife and I, we can say, let's watch a movie. And I'm watching uh, and I'm reading all the reviews and the trailers and all the, by time I've done all of that, it's already too late. Time to go to bed. We don't have time to watch the movie, right? It's like, you know, I overanalyzed the whole thing and we're, you know, we're making decisions, you know, all of these different things. Or how many of you, you you're going to purchase something and you overanalyze what you're going to purchase, right? You're, you're looking at all these different things about what you're going to buy, all these different things about should you buy it, should you not? And, and sometimes we overanalyze things we shouldn't overanalyze and we don't analyze things that we should. Like we'll leave the church on a whim. Now that person looked at me wrong, so I'm leaving the church. And you don't realize they had diarrhea, they had some digestive problem. They weren't even looking at you, but you got offended. Oh, that person looked at me wrong. Man, they were cringing. They're trying to run to the restroom and, and all these different things that were happening. Or, or what happens is an unexpected temptation. Something comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden your opportunity, right? And, and it begins to over, overshadow your logic. Your spirit tells you this is dangerous. Don't do that. This is not good for you. But your emotions said, let's party. Yeah, let's do this. You know, Friday fun day, Saturday another fun day, Sunday fun day again. It's like, how many fun days do you need? You know everything's telling you it's dangerous. Don't do it. But you're making decisions, emotional decisions. You're making decisions that are going to hurt you. Uh, and I want to caution you. Listen to this. Don't make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. I'm going to say that again. Don't make permanent decisions based on temporal emotions. 
I know a lot of people at the moment you said it because you were mad, you were upset, and then later on you realize, man, that was a dumb decision because you made an emotional decision, you were feeling it at the moment. So let me give you a couple of spiritual tools to help you make the right choices. And I'm going to just tell you today, you can do, you can begin to choose things right now if you begin to prepare. And what I'm talking about is this, choosing ahead of time before the moment arrives. In other words, you're preparing, like, if this happens, I know what I'm going to say and I know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to wait for the moment and say, well, should I do it? Should I not? I'm going to choose ahead of time what I want to do later. Are you listening to me? So you're preparing mentally, you're preparing spiritually, and as the follower of Christ, as the believer today, you're asking God, God, I'm going to make some predetermined choices based on your word, based on truth, because I know the decision I make today will affect me tomorrow. So I want to make sure that I'm going to make God-honoring choices right now, ahead of time, so that when that temptation comes or, or that opportunity comes that's not right, I'm going to already know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to wait for the moment. I'm going to predetermine. I'm going to choose ahead of time that I lose some of you already. That means you've already decided. In other words, you're not going to, when you, when you finally get there, you go, well, I don't know. I, hey, wait a minute. I thought we already talked about this. So in your mind, you already have committed it to God. Look at what the Bible says, Proverbs 16, 3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Another version says, entrust everything that you do to the Lord, and your plans will turn out to be successful. So if you're dating someone, you've committed your dating to the Lord. If you're married, you've committed your marriage to the Lord. If you're parenting, you've committed your parenting to the Lord. Uh, if you have financial decisions, you've committed your financial decisions to God. If you're doing a business, you've committed uh, your uh, business to God, your relational uh, decisions, your friendships. All of these uh, are, you know what, I've committed them to God. The Bible says he will establish your plans when you commit everything to him. Another scripture that's kind of been the theme of my life in Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, 33, it says, seek first the kingdom of God. It didn't say seek yourself first or seek whatever else. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, I want to make sure that I'm righteous and I'm doing what's right. At his righteousness, the Bible says, uh, and he and then everything else uh, will be added onto you. God will take care of everything else when you put God first. I have found that to be true in my life. When I put God first uh, and, I, and his righteousness uh, and I want to do what's right, that God will provide all of my needs. Things begin to fall in place. I'm putting him first. Uh, we're putting God first. Somebody say amen. amen. When we put God first, we're going to determine our course of action before the moment of decision arrives. In other words, I'm putting God first. I'm going to commit every decision to God. And so my course of action, when that moment comes, I'll already know what I'm going to do. 
Whatever scenario that I'm facing, whatever thing that happens, I'm already, I'm not going to look there. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to reach out there. I'm going to predetermine my choice before I take action. I'm going to decide ahead of time with God's help, with God's wisdom, through the truth of God's word, that I'll be ready for any given situation. Somebody say amen. I think I've lost some of you already. Well, pastor, I know I've committed my finances to the Lord, but you know, this thing over here is 15% sale, you know, discount. I, I got to buy it. You know what I'm saying? I got to buy it. I mean, you know, uh, I know I'm already in debt, you know, but it's okay. Uh, you know, th- th- this is on sale. Are you hearing me? And so we have to predetermine uh, and when we, when we get into a place where we're saying, well, I'm not sure, and, and you know, I'm not feeling too good, uh, or I'm worried about this, or I'm feeling a little down here, and you already have to predetermine what you're going to do. You're not going to reach out to the old connection. You're not going to go back to the bottle, am I right? You're not going to go back to the old thing. You're going to seek God first. Somebody say amen. amen. When someone cuts you off in traffic, you're going to say, go to heaven, not go to hell. Go to heaven, bro. Love you. Go to heaven, bro. Go to heaven right now. Well, I'm praying for you to go to heaven, right? You're going to predetermine already how you're going to respond. A great example of this is Daniel. In the book of Daniel chapter 1, don't read it now, but you could read the first chapter. The Bible said that Daniel and his friends are are captured and they're in captivity they are now in slaves in babylon babylon is basically a nation that totally against god they worship idols and of course daniel is a hebrew and he serves god almighty and the scripture said they've enslaved them now they're supposed to be they're training them and indoctrinating them into their culture and education But the Bible says, Daniel says something really, really profound. And it tells us in Daniel chapter 1 verse 18 that Daniel resolved in his heart. In other words, ahead of time. He predetermined ahead of time, the Bible said, that he would not defile himself with the royal food and the wine. So in other words, he already had made a choice ahead of time. That when it's time to sit down and eat the food that they're going to give me and the wine, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to resolve that. I'm not going to. He had predetermined. Not when he got to the dining room. Not when he got to the gathering. Oh, you know, I guess one beer is not bad. You know, one and a couple of drinks are not bad. He said, no, I'm not taking none of that. He had predetermined ahead of time because his faithfulness to God was more important. He said, I won't be weak in the future. And in, the, and in that moment, if I already predetermined ahead of time, did you hear me? If I already said, you know what, I'm already, because when you know who you are and you know what you value, it makes your decisions a lot easier. When you already know, hey, what's important uh, to me, uh, what I value uh, already, uh, you know, you need to think about how do you want to be characterized? What do you want people to say about your life? 
What do you want people to say about you and, and what's your character and what your values? In fact, I would encourage you in your home groups, in your connect group, you need to talk about uh, what you value. Uh, do you value faithfulness? Do you value commitment? Do you value honor to God? Do you value generosity? Uh, when your values are clear, your decisions are easier. When your values are clear, when people know what you stand for, when you know what you stand for, you've already predetermined based on God's word what you're going to do, and God's already placed it in your heart. It's not going to be, a, a, it's going to be non-negotiable already. Hey, that's not, hey, I've already determined. I'm not going to do that, bro. I've already, de I've already decided because I don't want to live the rest of my life with unwise uh, decision and living my life in regret because decisions determine your direction and your direction determines your destiny and unwise decisions let me tell you I've learned this that somehow when you make an unwise decision and you keep making them they just compound and they get worse but when I start making wise decisions, they compound and get better so which decision should I be making? I think the better is better, right? If your life is moving in the direction of your decision, think about this. Do you like the direction your decisions are taking you right now? Decide ahead of time. Hey, this is what I'm going to do. If this happens, this is how I'm going to handle it. And in the next few weeks, I want to talk about that. Uh, that when your decisions or your values are clear, your choices and decisions are easier when you begin to decide ahead of time. I'm not going to wait for the moment. I'm already going to know what I'm going to do. Turn to someone and say, I'm going to know what I'm going to do. <laughs> All right. That's it right there. Now think about this. I don't know about you, but how many of you had decided ahead of time, you know what, uh, when I get 25, 30, I'm just going to get myself in debt. You know, I'm just going to just, man, I'm just going to get, I'm going to get over my head with debt. Anybody ever do that? Anybody have a five-year five year goal to, I'm just going to be bankrupt one day. I just, that's my five-year goal, to be bankrupt. Most of us have never decided that. How many of you have ever met someone that, you know, I, I decided, you know, by this time I'm going to be a drug addict or I'm going to be hooked on pornography or I'm going to do this. I'm just going to wreck my life. Most of us never decided to do that. And most people that you know that find themselves in that situation, that was not their goal. So what happened? Uh, what caused them uh, to make these decisions? What caused them? Some of these decisions have wrecked their life, wrecked their family, uh, all of these different things. And they allowed this temptation of things and opportunities without thinking ahead. And it's ruined their life. How many of you, you're living in some regret of decisions that you made? Let's be honest. You made some decisions that you regret. How many would raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor? Okay, that's okay. The, the, other was, the other half are lying. You're lying. I know that already. It's okay. You're holy and the rest of us, we're just, we're just trying to make it, okay? Pray for us. So chances are, chances are, in most cases, what happened is you gave into a temptation. You gave into the moment because you weren't ready. You weren't ready ahead of time. You didn't prepare. This is how much more, this is how many people fall into sin. You weren't ready. You weren't prepared. And so therefore, when the moment came, you had decided ahead of time, and then you fell into sin. That's what happens all the time. 
1 Corinthians chapter 16, 13. This is Paul says, be on your guard. In other words, be vigilant. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous and be strong. Why is Paul telling us that? He said, don't let your guard down. He said, keep your guard up. He said, be ready, uh, be prepared. In other words, uh, ahead of time, already be determined what you're going to do. In fact, Jesus said uh, in Matthew 26, he told disciples, watch and pray. What did he say? So that you don't fall into temptation. He said, watch means uh, be alert, be on guard. He said, and pray, because you're going to need God's help. He said that what? You don't fall into temptation. Because every single one of us are going to be tempted. Every single, there, there's not, me included, all of us are tempted. But we have to already be ahead of time not to fall into temptation. Jesus was tempted, but he never fell into temptation. He was tempted. The Bible says he's tempted like all of us. So he knows what temptation is. But see, Jesus already was firm. He was on guard. This is why he's telling them that you don't fall into temptation. He said, your spirit is willing but what? This old flesh, man, the old carnal man is so weak. And so there's two reasons today why we fall into temptation and why we fall into sin. And when we're faced with choices, uh, we're not ready. Number one, and, and I'm, I'm just going to bring it out to you right now. I'm going to give you two reasons. But number one, and I hate to tell you, but I want to be real. I want to be real with you today is you have an enemy a spiritual enemy that hates your guts. And that's the devil. He hates your guts. He does. John 10.10, 10, it applies to everyone. The enemy comes what? To kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's his mission. So if you want to know, wait, what's the devil up to today? Well, kill, steal, and destroy. I wonder what the devil's doing today. Kill, steal, and destroy. He hates you. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal from you. And he wants to destroy your life. And he has found ways to do it. He's very strategic in what he does and how he does it. The problem is most believers are not ready. We're not prepared. In fact, Paul the Apostle said in 2 Corinthians 2.11, he said, if you write, read that chapter, because I'm writing to you, why? Because so Satan, the father of lies, will not outsmart us, for we're familiar with his evil scheme. So... We have to be wise enough to understand that the enemy is after us. Number two, you're not as strong as you think. Okay? You're not all that in a bag of chips, okay? You think you're really strong. I, I can handle it. Oh, I'm not worried about this. You just watch and see what happens. I've seen that. I've heard that before. I got this covered. I'm not worried about it. You know, and others, it'll happen to others. It won't happen to me. You just watch and see. You need, you're not as strong as you think you are. And there's a lot of people, and I'm just going to tell you, they overestimate their ability to resist temptation. They think they're stronger than they really are. Man, I got willpower. Let me tell you, after a while, willpower begins to fade. If you're not prayed up, if you haven't already predetermined, you'll fall just like everybody else. I can show you example after example in the Word of God. You're not as spiritual as some of these men of God were. And women of God were in the Bible, and yet you think you're all that. Yeah. And so we have to decide ahead of time 
what we're going to do. We got to decide ahead of time how we're going to handle it. So here's what I want to get into. Now I'm actually going to get into the message, all right? Uh, I got another hour. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go as fast as I can here. But number one, what we have to decide is we have to stay away from the fence of where sin is and righteousness is. In fact, I want you guys to bring up those chairs. And these chairs are going to represent a fence, okay? And how many understand that there's always boundaries? And in our walk with God, believe it or not, there are some boundaries that we're supposed to move that over just a little bit this way. There you go. And uh, here we go. There you go. That's good. Right there. Thank you. And so here's what I want you to understand, that we have to predetermine that we're not going to get near the fence. Because that fence, that line of temptation, that line of sin, so I would say this side, okay, represents righteousness, and this side represents sin. In fact, let me share with you a story. There's a story about a guy who came and... uh, there were the crowd of people, and between the crowd of people was this fence. I want you to just kind of imagine this fence right here. And on this side was Jesus, and he was calling his people, or before he was calling his people, he was on this side, and Satan was on this side. And they each began to call the crowd, and some of the crowd came on this side of the fence and began to follow Jesus. And then on this side, Satan began to call the crowd, and they began to follow him. While the man that was there, he said, well, you know what? I'm not going on either side. So he sat on the fence. He said, I'm just going to sit right here. I'm not over there. I'm not over here. And so he sat there. And before you know it, Satan came. And Satan's looking around. And he finally looked at the man. And the man looks at him. And the man looked at Satan. And he said, well, did you lose something? What are you looking for? And Satan said to him, Oh, it's you. He goes, me? He goes, yeah, you. He goes, come with me. And the man says, wait a minute. I didn't go with him. I didn't go with Jesus nor with you. I said, on the fence. And Satan said, I own the fence. Come with me. I own the fence. There's a lot of Christians. You're on the fence. I can tell you where you're going. I can tell you already. You're on the fence. He owns the fence. The key is to stay as far as the way. You have to predetermine. See, I, I meet Christians. I already know the motive. How close can I get to the fence before I go on the other side? How, Pastor, can I do this and, and still not sin? Pastor, can I hang around with these people and still not go? Can I do all this? See, I, I already know your motive. You've, al- you've already thought ahead of time that you want to get as close as you can before you fall over. And you have to predetermine ahead of time. I'm going to stay as far away from that fence as I possibly can. Somebody say amen. I want to stay as far away. I don't want to mess with that fence. Uh, Even when it comes to dating, I want to stay as far. See, some of us this morning, you're used to dating the way you used to date, where you can do anything. See, when you get saved, there's some boundaries. You have to set some boundaries in your life. You have to ask people, hey, I'm dating. What should I be doing? What should I not be doing? Because you know what? Going to bed before marriage is still not righteous before God. It's still sin. Fornication. Bible says the marriage bed is undefiled. But the fornicator and adulterer, God will judge. 
So the reason why you fell into sin is because you got as close to the fence as you can. You set no boundaries. And it becomes a dangerous place in our walk with God, even in our, in our, in whatever, in our relationships, even with money, even with uh, uh, people that we hang out with, all of these things. Uh, before you know it, man, you're getting as close to the fence as we possibly can. I want to stay as far away from that fence. I want to stay as far away from there. I'm not trying to see how, how much I can get away with and still be saved. There's a lot of believers. I want to see how much I can get away with. Can I still do this? Can I still? Well, what's, what's your motive? Why, why, why are you so close to that? Somebody say amen. Well, you know, can I still go to the party? You know, go to the club and, you know, and, you know but, but I'm not going to do anything. Again, isn't that sound, doesn't it sound restrictive? Pastor, isn't that like really restrictive? I'm trying to save your soul. I'm trying to keep you out and falling over the fence. Somebody say, man, you know what David said? I love David. David said this, Psalm 16 said, the boundary lines for me, they've fallen in pleasant places. So in other words, God's inheritance for me, when, I, when God had given me a boundary, I found myself in a pleasant place before God. The second thing, listen to this, the second thing today, if we're going to make good decisions, if we're going to make righteous decisions, if we're going to make good choices and say, you know, I'm going to choose the right thing, we have to magnify the cost. In other words, if I do this, this is what's going to happen. We magnify the cost. We magnify the price. Are you hearing me? You have to train yourself. Because you say, man, if I do this, what's going to happen? What's the worst case scenario? I do this all the time. I'm just be honest with you. You may say, Pastor, are you that vulnerable? I'm as vulnerable as you are. And I just want you to know, I have to, I have to train myself. I have, to, I have to bring out the worst scenario possible. If I do this, what's going to happen? If I end up doing this, what's the worst scenario that could happen? What will happen if I end up doing all of this? Uh, all of these different, what about my integrity? What about uh, my loved ones? All of these different things. I've got to magnify the cost. Bible says, Numbers 32, he said, you will, you'll be sinning against the Lord. He said, your sin will find you out. In other words, we have to be very careful about how we conduct ourselves and the decisions that we make and the worst possible thing that can happen. Can I, just, can I, be, can I be real today? I'll be real anyway, whether you like it or not. I'm going to be real. What would happen if I betrayed my vows to my wife? What would happen? I have to, I have to magnify that. I have to, what would happen? Here, here I've made this commitment to my wife, and, and uh, uh, it's going to be 38 years that we'll be married this year. Well, what, what would happen if I decide I'm just going to break my vows to, to my best friend, the one that's been committed to me for 38 years, that's been by my side? What would happen? I, 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 can I just describe it to you what would happen? couple of things my boys I have three boys that look up to me I have two daughters-in-laws that look up to me and they look to me to be a man of God I would shatter that credibility with them I would ruin that credibility and I humbly say this there'd be hundreds of people not just in this church and several different churches that I would 
basically begin to really cause a lot of things in your life, would cause a lot of hurt. Would cause, I would hurt a lot of people. You just, just, just see, so I begin to magnify that. Just begin to magnify all these people hurt, all these men probably even wreck some people's faith. Man, some, maybe some people would say, man, I'm not even going to church. I thought the guy was real. I thought he was authentic. You see that? All of a sudden, credibility goes out. So five minutes of sin could wreck a lifetime of pursuing Jesus. That's how I look at it. I'm being real. See, some of you are not getting that real. But I want you to know, it's the same with you. Your walk with God, your example, your credibility with your family, your friends, people all around you. Are you magnifying the cost? Are you opening it up and realizing, man, that's why you have to stay away from that fence. That's why as a pastor, and just as a believer, I should say, even before I have to stay away from that fence. I'm not playing games. There's things, there's boundaries in my life today that are still in place when I got saved. Still in place today that I still follow. And some, some people say, man, that's kind of restrictive. Man, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of getting, what do they call that, uh, uh, legalistic. Well, it may be legalistic for you, but it's working for me. Amen. It's kept me saved all these years. So I'm okay with it. I'm going to move away from that line as I possibly can. The third thing, and I want to just focus on this. Uh, the third thing is you always have to think ahead. You have to have an escape plan. They tell you that, you know, every building always has an escape plan. If there's a fire or smoke, there's always an escape plan. In other words, I'm going to decide ahead of time, I'm going to have an escape time. And I couldn't get away from this character. I love this character in the Bible. His name is Joseph in the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 37. I love him. And, and he's great an example. And the Bible says, I'll just tell you the story. This guy, is, he gets caught as a slave. And now he's in Potiphar's house. Potiphar is the owner. He's uh, Joseph's boss. Uh, and Joseph has this great favor as he's one of the top slaves there. He's managing uh, Potiphar's affairs. Uh, he trusts Joseph so much. And look, look at what the Bible says about Joseph in Genesis chapter 39, verse 6. My wife says this about me all the time. Joseph was very handsome and a well-built young man. Now she, well, you know, in middle age, anyway, middle age, not young man, but anyway. But, 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 he, but again, this guy, he's good looking, but, but look what happens. Here's the problem. Potiphar has a wife and she has a lust issue. And Potiphar's wife soon began looking at Joseph, looking at him uh, lustfully. So you can imagine this, this older woman after this young man. And she, look at what she said. Come sleep with me, she demanded. Now, okay, I'm just to be honest. That's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, having this woman just be blatant like this. I mean, that doesn't happen every day. And she's coming to him. And, you know, I know guys, you know, it's hard for guys to even know cues. But this is like blatant, man. I mean, she's just telling him, hey. You know, and, and so I, I can imagine Joseph could have given in at that point. He said, I'm away from my homeland. Uh, you know, this, this cougar girl's looking at me, flirting with me, and all these different things. And she's not bad looking, actually. And so, man, I could, you know, I could give in to this thing and, and, and all of these different things. And, you know, he could have used the excuse, you know, I, I'm not happy with my situation. Any, I'm not happy the way... My life has turned. I'm not happy with God. Because things haven't turned out the way 
I wanted him to turn down. I'm in a bad situation. In fact, I'm in a situation because it's God's fault. See, there's a lot of people, we use our disappointment to justify our disobedience. There's a lot of people like that today. You're using the disappointments in your life, things that you felt like God let you down, people let you down to justify your disobedience that could have been joseph right there he could have said you know god allowed me to be in this spot you know all these different things and said you know i'm going to give in to this woman but the bible tells us that joseph resisted this woman you know why he did because he already had predetermined he already had made a choice ahead of time and he says he said this to this woman he goes i can't sin against my boss potiphar and I can't sin against God. He said, what are you talking about? I'm not going to do this. I, I, there's no way. And so he resisted this woman that kept coming at him. And the Bible says when he resisted that the woman stopped, the heavens opened, the angels sang, and everything went away. How many know that's not what happened? That's not what happened. The Bible says every day she kept pursuing him every day until one day she decided to get all the other slaves out of the house she had them alone she was going to corner her man this girl is desperate there's something wrong with this woman but anyway he's coming after him and she grabs a hold of him basically like we're, we're doing this like right now it's gonna happen right now and she grabs him and the, you know what he does the Bible says, you can have my coat. He's not, basically, but you're not going to have my soul. He didn't say that, but he, he, he basically, she grabbed a hold of his cloak or his coat or the robe that he had on, and he ran off. He said, there's no way. He goes, I, 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 you know why I believe he ran? Because he had already, ahead of time, decided what he was going to do. If this woman grabs me, if this woman tries to corner me, I have an escape plan. You and I need to have an escape plan. I say we need to have an escape plan. We need to be thinking ahead of time. See, the Bible tells us in the book of Corinthians, he goes, man, that he won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. But he'll always give us what? An escape plan or a way of escape. So God will always have a way for you to escape. He'll always have a way for you to get out of it. If you think ahead of time, don't screw up your life and give in to the devil. Don't screw up your life, man, and your credibility and your reputation for one moment of sin. I'm going to be incredibly honest with you and vulnerable with you, man. I, I'm going to tell you, the devil's out to get all of us. And all of us this morning, we could be a victim don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to others. Don't give in to things. Already, man, uh, think ahead of time. Distant yourself between that temptation and that fence. Distance yourself. Say, I'm, I'm not getting close to that. And say, I'm going to decide ahead of time. I'm going to have a way out. Because I know what my values are. I know what I stand for. And when your values are clear, the decision choices you make are a lot easier not at the moment not somewhere over the rainbow i'm going to do it today i've already decided today i've already determined today that i'm going to honor god with my life i've told you this many times when i got saved i gave my life to jesus i made a commitment to god that day i said i'm never going back that's it i'm never going back i don't care 
who doesn't go. I mean, I do care about them, but I don't care if they try to draw me away. I'm not going with them. I've decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me, still I will follow them. I've decided that a long time ago. I've predetermined. I've made a choice ahead of time that I'm going to live right. I'm not going to live perfect, but I'm going to live right. I'm going to make righteous choices. I'm not going to allow myself to get near that fence and near that place where the enemy is going to seduce me, where the enemy is going to have me. No way. I'm going to get away from situations and areas of temptation. I'm not going to find myself in places I'm not supposed to be at. Are you hearing me? See, you got you to decide ahead of time. There's things, you know, people, I think places I don't go, environments I don't find myself in. I just won't be there. You say that's pretty, pretty legalistic. I'm just telling you, it works for me. Works for me. I've decided ahead of time what I'm going to do. I decided what I'm going to watch, what I'm not going to watch. I decided what I'm going to hear, what I'm not going to hear. Some of you can hear a lot of junk, but I'm not going to do it. Different, different things I just don't hear, don't listen to, don't watch. Because, you know what, I want to stay as far. I, I'm thinking ahead. Are you hearing me? I'm thinking ahead. And so God today is speaking to us to make some good choices today. You know what those areas are. I don't have to point them out to you. Some of those things are so blatant in your life. And you're, you're allowing. There's some areas in your life. You're just kind of opening door. You need to shut the door and, and don't turn around. And keep walking. So let's pray today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we don't want emotion to overrule our spiritual logic. We don't want emotion, God, to run our lives today. We want to predetermine ahead of time. We want to make choices ahead of time. God, when temptation comes, because the choices that we make today will determine our tomorrow, will determine our future. God, we want to have a good reputation. We want to have longevity, a great credibility with people around us. God, we don't want to ruin our trust and ruin our reputation for just a moment of fun. But Father, today I pray in the name of Jesus, help us to make the right choices. Help us to make good choices today. So Father, I pray today for strength, grace over the people of God. I pray, Father, today you'll help them. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.